We continue the explanation on Umdat al-Ahkam and uh, we are in the book of Salah in Umdat al-Ahkam and the reference on rulings and we have reached Hadith number 50 Hadith number 50 عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا أقيمت الصلاة فحضر العشاء فابدأوا بالعشاء عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said if the إقامة for the Salah meaning for a shah إذا أقيمت الصلاة uh, for a sha'a prayer is proclaimed and supper is served, take your supper first. Take your supper first. Here, the term asha' uh, refers to the meal uh, taken at the end of the day. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, her biography has been given. And also there is uh, from Ibn Umar, the like of this hadith. From Ibn Umar, the like of this reporting. And Ibn Umar and Aisha, the, uh, the biography on each one of them uh, was given earlier in former narrations. The subject matter of this hadith is uh, the ruling on delaying the salah if uh, food in general or a meal is uh, presented. In this case, of course, it was mentioned in the hadith referring to the supper meal, which is at the end of the uh, day. Uh, and this is the hadith of Ibn Umar that the Prophet ﷺ said, if the supper is served for any one of you and the iqama is pronounced, start with the supper and don't be in haste and carry on eating till you finish it. Now, the overall explanation. Since the, the objective of the Salah is a link between the servant, the slave, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and since this does not, is not attained except by the presence of the heart and having it uh, free from uh, metals that uh, takes its concentration, metals that take its concentrations away. Then the Prophet ﷺ ordered all that which will make this feasible, meaning the presence of the heart. And this, in itself, is proof for how much the legislator. Uh, has given the Salah of importance and that the person coming to the Salah should have his heart free from things that takes away that take away its concentration in order to attain the tranquility in the Salah So here the Prophet وسلم, 
ordered that the supper, if present, this is important, if the supper is already prepared and present, and the salah and the iqama is announced or pronounced, then he ordered that the supper be taken or the meal be taken so that the person goes to the salah having his heart free from any distractions. And in the hadith of Ibn Umar, there is the point that he should start the supper and don't be in haste and carry on eating it till he finishes. So therefore, the, from the benefits of this hadith, first, the importance of the heart's presence in Salah and freeing it from all kinds of distractions. The second is to delay this Salah from its early time if the food is present and served to the person and he desires it. He desires it. Now, how about a situation where it is feared that if he takes the food, then the time of the Salah will be over. Then the majority of the scholars are with the opinion that he should pray even if the food is served. And this is closer than the other opinion which says don't pray in the presence of food being served even if the time of Salah may be missed. The earlier opinion, the opinion of the majority of the scholars, is stronger. Now, it is conditional here that the person desires the food. So therefore, if he does not desire it, then the fear of having the heart occupied by thinking about it is not present. And therefore the cause is not present. Because the ruling revolves around the cause. Whether existing or non-existing. Also, if food is present and served before him, but he is unable to eat it, although he desires it, then he should not leave the Salah for that. Rather, he makes the Salah. Because him leaving the Salah is of no benefit. Example, if the food is not his, example, if the food is not his for someone else, 
and he knows that this person does not permit him to eat it. So therefore here, the food is forbidden for him to take and to eat, whether he prays or he doesn't pray. And from that, if also the food for breaking the fast in for breaking the fast, if it is presented for someone at the time of sunset, yet we know that this person woke up late. He didn't make the asr. So shall we tell him, don't pray the asr until you break your fast? The answer is no. Because he's not going to benefit anything from this. Why? Because he cannot eat. Case. If a supper is not presented and the person is hungry, should he pray Salat al-Maghrib? It is because the self-attachment towards a presented and served food is stronger than its attachment to a food that is not served and prepared and available. Question. Is this also applicable with respect to the congregational prayer? The apparent of the narration that there is no difference for the person with respect to the person being delayed congregational prayer or not because the hadith is general and therefore serve food while the person is attached to it and is eager is a legal excuse for not attending the congregation radiyallahu anhuma ibn umar may allah be pleased with him and his father though known for his keen attachment to the deen and following the sunnah of the prophet والسلام, and of fearing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he used to have his Supper while listening to the recitation of the Imam and continues to until he finishes and continues eating until he finishes his meal. Some people in our times have the habit of putting the food each day during the month of Ramadan before Salat al-Maghrib, before the Maghrib prayer, what should the person do? When the time of breaking the fast takes place, there is no harm to eat something, taking a date uh, or dates and 
a juice or something. Then goes to pray the Maghrib. Afterwards returns to complete his iftar, his breakfast. What about the person who may miss the congregational prayer because of food being served and eager to eat? Would he receive the reward of the congregational prayer in this case? The answer is, if it is his normal habit to attend the congregational prayer, Yet, on this day, it happened that the food was served. Then it is hoped that this will be analogous to the situation when the Prophet ﷺ, which he mentioned, if a person becomes ill or troubles, then it will be written for him in reward that which he used to do while in residence and in health. And this is in Sahih al-Bukhari. However, the person must not have this issue of serving the food, a habit at the times of Salah, so that the person misses the congregational prayer. In this case, there is no doubt that he is not or will not receive the reward of the congregational prayer. Case. If the Salah uh, at which time the food was served, if it is of the kind where it can be combined with another salah, meaning from the two types, Dhuhr and Asr, which can be combined, and the other type, and that is Maghrib and Isha, which can be combined, the question is, does he have in this case the permissibility to combine? The answer is yes. Because every excuse which drops the congregational prayer itself is valid for making the combination permissible. The hadith also on its apparent makes it sound that the person may eat until he is uh, full or satisfied. So we don't say eat one bite or two and then uh, go. Why? Because if he eats one bite or two or three, it's possible that his attachment and eagerness to the food intensifies. So therefore we say, you eat until you become satisfied, then you go for the salah. Why? So that his heart is empty from the attachment to the food. However, filling the belly is something not praiseworthy. 
filling the, 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 the stomach with food is something which is not praiseworthy, as the Prophet said, sufficient for the person to have some bites that will uh, give him the strength. But if his self is carried away, meaning towards the food, then sufficient for him is one-third for his food, one-third for his drink, and one-third for his breath. And this is something which is in agreement, fully in agreement with uh, health and medicine. And try this and you will find this to be of comfort and having no hardship on the person. And to have spread out small meals is something better than having this all at once and getting full. And it's healthier. Also situations may be analogous to the issue of food. Suppose some person, a person, may have little uh, clothes on him and it becomes too cold one day and he hears the iqama for salah. Should he go while his heart is busy with his cold situation and, his, and the pain he's suffering from the cold or should we tell him uh, put on more clothes and, and then pray the answer is the latter we tell him put more clothes and pray and similarly if it is also a situation the opposite situation with, with heat intense heat and he needs to take a shower in order to uh, get, get activated and, and get cool And therefore from this, a foundation is deducted. Every matter of distraction that distracts the heart and the salah, one should try to finish it before the salah, as long as he does not fear missing the time of salah meaning the time of Salah ends, then in this case we say no, go pray according to your condition. The next hadith in this category is also the hadith of Aisha reported in Sahih Muslim, hadith 51, وَلِمُسْلِمٍ عَنْ عَائِشَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا قَالَتْ سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول لا صلاة بحضرة طعام ولا هو يدافعه الأخبثان حديث 51 This is another one by Aisha yes. Another one yes. لا صلاة بحضرة طعام Yes this is the one uh, Aisha she said رضي الله تعالى عنها 
I have heard the Messenger وسلم, say, no prayer can be uh, said when the food is there, meaning before the worshipper, or when he is prompted by the call of nature, or when he is prompted by the call of nature. Uh, this subject is the same, but there is another element, and this is the prompting by the call of nature. Here the Prophet ﷺ said, no prayer. We know the article in Arabic, la, this is a negation. But does this negation refer to a negation of validity of Salah? Or it is a negation of perfection? This depends on the opinion whether the tranquility in Salah is an obligation or is it or it is an affirmed sunnah the majority are that the tranquility in salah is an affirmed sunnah sheikh al-islam ibn taymiyyah rahimahullah went to the opinion that the khushu' the tranquility in salah is an obligation so therefore in this case in accordance with Sheikh al-Islam's opinion, the term la salata, no salah, negates the validity. Because uh, the, these things take away the khushu'ah, the tranquility, the food and the, and the uh, call of nature. So if we say that the tranquility is obligation, uh, and these things distract the heart in the salah, all of it or most of it, then his salah is invalid according to this opinion. And if we say that the khushu' is the tranquility is an affirmed sunnah, then in this case the negation, no prayer, is negation of perfection. You see the difference now? You see the difference. Okay, I repeat, yes. If we say that the, the, the tranquility and the prayers is an obligation, then this hadith says, in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, La salata, no prayer. Then this will be a negation of validity, because these distractions from food and the call of nature can take away the entire tranquility or most of it. So therefore, if we take by the opinion that the tranquility is an obligation, then this would be what? A negation of validity of salah. Is that clear? Okay. Good. Alhamdulillah. Now, what about the rest? MashaAllah. Now. And if we say that if, if, the, if the correct opinion is that tranquility is an affirmed sunnah, therefore, these distractions will take away 
from the perfection of Salah. So therefore, we, there will be no perfection, no perfect Salah in this case. You understand? You understand? Is that clear? Okay, what about the rest? What about the rest? Okay. And you, and you see the difference now. You see the difference now. Okay. And our Shaykh Rahimahullah is with the opinion that says that the tranquility is an affirmed sunnah. Is an affirmed sunnah. And therefore, in this case, according to this opinion, these distractions will take away from the perfection of the Salah. So again here, in this hadith, as in the previous hadith, no Salah in the presence of food served to the worshipper. This is conditional upon the fact that he is eager and he is after taking the food because he wants to. And the other thing is that we should mention that the food must be halal. This is another condition. So if he is eager for the food and the food is not halal, then this is not included in the permit. Now, the other benefit is that delaying the salah till after its early time till before the end of the time if in the presence of food which he is eager to and halal or when he is trying to ward off the call of nature the prompting urge to either defecate uh, and or urinate. Why it is the case? Because having the Salah done uh, at its early time is a Sunnah. Is a Sunnah. Right? Is a Sunnah. Recommended. While the Salah under the function uh, of, uh, or under the, uh, the stress of call of nature, or the urge for food, is either forbidden or highly disliked. And it is known, and take this benefit, if there is opposition in a situation between doing a sunnah, and warding off something forbidden or highly disliked, then we give precedence to the latter. Is that clear? We give precedence to the latter. If there is opposition in a situation between doing a sunnah and warding off something forbidden or highly disliked, then we give precedence to the latter. And now we know why 
the Salah can be delayed till before the end of its time. Now you know why, when under these situations. You know why. Because of this clash, right? Right? And there is here another important point of benefit. There is here another important point of benefit. Preserving the perfection of the worship itself takes precedence over preserving the perfection of its timing and of its place. This is a very important benefit. Preserving the perfection of the worship itself takes precedence over preserving the perfection of its timing or its place. How is this understood? Praying the Salah at its early time is better from the side of time. Is that clear? Praying the Salah at its early time is better. From the side of what? From the perspective of preserving the time. From the perspective of preserving the time. However, praying the Salah, the worship, with tranquility and the presence of the heart is better. From the perspective of preserving the worship itself. And that's why it takes precedence. Is that understood? Is that understood? However, however, praying the Salah with tranquility and the presence of the heart is better from the perspective of preserving the worship itself. Yeah. Similarly, with respect to the perspective of the place. If there is a clash between the a merit related to a place and a merit related to the presence of the heart, then the one that takes precedence is the preserving that which is related to the essence of the worship itself. Take as an example, being close to the Kaaba and the walking in fast pace during Tawaf. Giving precedence to walking in fast, which is called Ramal, in fast pace, takes precedence over being closer to the Kaaba. Why? Because the Ramal, walking in fast pace, is related to the worship itself. What is the worship itself in this case? It is the Tawaf. It is the Tawaf. It is the circulating of the Kaaba. 
However, the closeness, the closeness is related to the place. So which is better now to make the tawaf close to the Kaaba and under the crowds and no presence of the heart or being away from the Kaaba place-wise and doing the Ramal and doing the Ramal and the fast pace and being able to do that with tranquility and so forth which one takes precedence? Huh? Yes, being away from the Kaaba, exactly. You understand now? This is a very important benefit. With respect to the food, we mentioned earlier that the majority opinion is that if the person fears missing the time of the Salah, then he makes the Salah even under the situation where food is present and fed. And we said this is the closest opinion. However, the issue of trying to control and ward off the urge of the call of nature and its prompting, it may be said that he may delay it beyond its time because it may not be possible for him to pray while he is struggling with this urge, especially if he is from the kind of people who, if this situation becomes intense, they will have no control. So therefore, there is a kind of difference between the two situations under such circumstances. So there may be situations where a person may be able to be patient on the issue of prompting call of nature and may be situations where he is not. Now, case, case. Suppose the person Suppose the person is praying. And this is where suddenly, while in the prayer, a prompting call of nature pushes on. Should we say that this nullifies the Salah? Or should we tell him, you may leave, or you may continue? The answer, we say, continue. Meaning, he may leave or continue, but if the stressing is intense, then we tell him, don't continue because this will lead to harm upon the person and the heart will be very much occupied and distracted from the Salah. So we say to him, continue if you are able, unless it is intense, 
that way you cannot leave, especially if it's going to be harmful and it occupies your heart. Would the same also be applicable in the case if a person feels the need, feels that there may be a need for urination or defecation without, without stressing, without a stressing urge. We say this does not prevent from salah. So don't confuse the two things. We say this does not prevent from salah. So if a person feels that his bladder is getting full and there is no uh, intense urge that will prevent him from the salah, we say continue under this situation.